Yes, this is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar, coming at you with episode number 21. Wow, I can't believe it. Blackjack, the legal age. We've done 21 weeks. And if you know about anything that happened the last week, the whole coronavirus, it's shut down so many things. No sports being played, no late night talk shows, television shows have stopped production, even Netflix on their streaming site have stopped production on television shows and movies. Famous actors like Tom Hanks and his wife and Idris Elba have contracted the disease. And there's been a player on the Ottawa. There's been two Yankees minor leaguers as well. And um, it was Kevin Durant who's not even playing. It started Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. And now there's more Nets players who have also done it as well. So that's how it is right now without any sports. And as usual, we'll talk about local and national sports. But we're going to do this chronologically with every single news headline that happened within the last week that pertains to football and to what's happening with the coronavirus. Now, in baseball, there's been some news. Trey Mancini had surgery to remove a tumor, and we hopefully he will make a speedy recovery healthy-wise and can be ready to play when baseball resumes. For some reason, despite there being no baseball games being played because they postponed the regular season, they cut spring training, there's no World Baseball Classic, nothing... There's still baseball moves that happen. The Nationals cut Hunter Strickland and David Hernandez, so they went off to make their contract guarantee, which I think is kind of cruel right now. The Sox sent down Zach Collins and Yon and the Mercedes catcher because they know that they're going to go Grandal and McCann. But they're, again, they're not playing baseball, and if they do resume, you're still going to need some spring training and some catchers to catch those pitchers. And then the Blue Jays, because of all these opt-out deals and there's contracts involved, even if there is this pandemic, they want to add Joe Panic to the roster. Now, they're going to give Kevin Biggio most of the playing time at second base, but they like that Panic's versatility on the roster as well. And then Justin Verlander decided, I'm going to have some surgery because we have no idea when the season's going to start, so might as well get his surgery as well so that he can be rested up and healthy. Now, the NBA and NHL halted their seasons. They postponed them for now. NASCAR stopped as well. Kentucky Derby postponed their thing. The race, the SEC, Big Ten, 12 AC canceled it. And all it's double A men's women. And there's no spring training, as I said. MLS suspended their season. XFL suspended their season as well. PGA Tour has suspended them. Boston Marathon has been postponed as well. And late night talk shows, as I said. Sports shows like at Parody Interruption, Around the Horn, all the Fox Sports shows, some of the Sports Center. They canceled their shows, and he's been only doing radio only for their shows that do simulcast. Rick Pitino snuck in there, and he's now back to coaching college basketball at Iona as well. And that's what it is. My suggestion for for basketball and hockey is when you can uh, when you're allowed to play the games. We're not talking about having large crowds. You know, May 1st in Chicago is the date where they said, until then, you can't have these huge crowds. Now everything shut down. Is My suggestion for, for both basketball and for hockey is very simple. When you're allowed to play, even if it's in front of nobody, let's say in May, in April. I mean, not in April, in May or June, you just, there's no regular season. You just play the playoffs. And instead of having them drag out when you got the Olympics coming, if it does happen, the Summer Olympics for basketball, and even the next season, you got to think about it. You don't want all these guys playing late into the, you know, all the way into the fall when the season starts the next year. They don't have all that downtime. Now, 
My suggestion is no playoffs. First two rounds of both the basketball and the hockey playoffs are a five-game series instead of it being seven. Seven should only be for the conference final and the Stanley Cup and the NBA finals. That would be the best thing to do because then no extra regular season games. You get the first two rounds done with five games. Then you go on to the next two, and then you're done. That's what they should do. Baseball should be starting as soon as they possibly can, May or June. And I don't think they're going to get the 162 games. They may need to cut it down to 130, 120 games. And that's what they're going to have to do. Sorry, you got to cut those games out. It's going to stink for money-wise. And certain teams are not going to play certain teams this year. Because I was planning on this year going to as many Sox games, Cubs games, as a press mass feminine, as for fun, traveling the Midwest, taking a bus or a train, and going to the Midwest games, even going to the East Coast, that sort of thing. That's what they should do. You're no way you're going to play under 62 games in the playoffs. Most of the teams play in cold weather cities. Some people like Milwaukee. They have an indoor place. Some people do not have an indoor stadium, and they play in cold weather cities. And it's not like you're going to make the playoffs, all the playoffs be played in Arizona, Florida, or even the state of Texas, or in domes, or in California. Because that's not going to be realistic. Everybody deserves to play their actual games at home. It's only like the Super Bowl when it's like a neutral site. We're not going to do that. you know. So having the baseball play 162 and the season ending until December, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be super cold out. And the one thing I do like about the NCAA is they're thinking about adding extra eligibility and not cutting the scholarships for the athletes who play for the, this spring sports and the next winter sports if things are screwed up. It's very nice of them to do. Now, as I said, the NBA, they, that's when the whole world shut down. When Gobert, Mitchell, and Chris Wood, and now the Nets players, including Kevin Durant, that's really when it went. Because they were supposed to, last Thursday, play in front of an empty crowd for the Warriors game because the San Francisco's doing this law. San Francisco's now in like a... A lockdown. You can't leave your house. You got to stay in. I got friends who live there, so they're stuck in their houses. But that's what it was. It wasn't until two players on the Jazz contested positive that they're like, "Oh no, we can't do this." Playing not in front of a crowd where you know there's all this traveling. You're gonna bring it to place to place. That's what really started. If none of the NBA players or NHL or even the two minor league Yankees players tested positive, they probably would have for a couple of weeks played games indoors. You know, I mean, inside, nobody in the crowd. And that would have been fine because then at least we can watch it on TV. But yeah, the hope is basketball and hockey resume their seasons as soon as possible in May or June and maybe decide, no, no playoffs needed. Let's get the playoffs done with. We don't need to play all those games. And baseball, I don't mind if the first... If baseball comes back in May, comes back in June, whatever the case is, if it does come back, I don't mind the first month or two of the season, you don't have anybody going to the game. And I can wait until, you know, further into the season. That's totally fine by me. I just was hoping to go to all those games, cover the games, and have more recaps from actual games, interview, talk to players, and have more than just my op-ed pieces about baseball and other sports so I could apply for jobs in my field. Because that's what I want to do. But that's not going to happen. Now, the NFL also decided they're going to have to, to vote for the CBA. And it went through. And as it went through, one, two of the biggest points are there's going to be 17 games. Instead of 17 games and you play 16, there's going to be 17 games. Now, I think there's going to be 18 weeks of the playoffs because everybody's going to get their bye weeks. And they're also going to add 14 playoff teams out of 12. There's going to be two more games. So... If there's, I don't know the real rules, but of the fine tuning and stuff, but there should be two less 
preseason games because you can't have all these extra games going to kill people, man. They're already putting themselves at risk for all of this. But because football has said they're going to start the season regular time, the draft is still going to take place. It's not going to be a whole big deal and everything like that because you could technically just go, okay, here, commissioner, we're taking this player, and they say it. And you don't really have to have anybody there except for like the first-round people. So they have all the, the free agency started. Everything was only going to work until Tom Brady started. Tom Brady had to pick to where he was going. And one of his options were Tennessee. But that wasn't happening because Tannehill agreed to a four-year deal. Well, they also franchise tag Derrick Henry. Now, some people thought Henry carried this team. He had the better season than Tannehill. And Tannehill, you know, it was only until this year he had a really good season. But Tennessee was off the board for Tom Brady because they re-signed Tannehill and they brought back Derrick Henry. The Ravens improved their defense by trading for Calais Campbell. Patriots improved, uh, helped their team by re-signing Dev McCourty. Cowboys franchise tagged Dak Prescott and they paid Amari Cooper. And they plan on paying other players as well. So they decided to go Amari Cooper instead of paying for, for uh, Dak Prescott. But if I were Dak Prescott... Just play average to above average next year and just make a killing in free agency next year. That's what I would do if I were him. Now, the Vikings extended Kirk Cousins, I guess. If you can't find a better quarterback than the one you have, you keep who you have. Bengals decided to franchise tag A.J. Green because if they do draft Joe Burrows, that's what he wanted. Surprising the Falcons to save money because Devontae Freeman hasn't been healthy, they released him. It's a little bit of a surprise. The Browns signed Austin Hooper. And Case Keenum and his Conklin guy. So like last year, the Browns were making moves. But they signed Case Keenum to a multi-year deal for money. I guess it pays to be a mediocre backup who has been a starter before. But I guessing what they're doing is they're showing a Baker Mayfield that you hired a new coach, new offensive corner, all those things. And we brought in motivation. Case Keenum, he's a serviceable starter with the weapons that they have at receiver, running back, and, and tight end. Even, even now the fact they had Allison Hooper, they still had... A good tight end in Joku. They got two tight ends, essentially, multiple wide receivers, multiple running backs in Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That then, if Baker Mayfield doesn't play well, Case Keenum's going to come in. So that's very interesting. They added Hooper as another weapon, and the and big trades were essentially DeAndre Hopkins making a lot of money. The Texans traded all their draft picks for the couple of years to improve their team last year, and. They needed it, and the GM is the coach, and sometimes when the GM and the coach are the same person, the coach is like, I need this guy right now, I need this guy right now. But then it's the GM, you're like, what am I going to do in a couple of years? I don't have any draft picks. So they traded DeAndre Hopkins so they can replenish the, their draft picks and save some money. But then they take out David Johnson's contract, who hasn't been healthy. The Cardinals don't care because Kenny and Drake's going to been good. But you have DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald on the same team. Ooh, Kyler Murray's going to have so much fun this next season, and so is Cliff Kingsbury coming up with this offense as well. Other moves, the Dolphins are being making line of moves. They signed a defensive name named Oba. They signed Eric Flowers. They signed Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy. They're just signing lots of former Patriots players as well, and then they signed Jordan Howard. So you know what? They got themselves a sturdy running back, improving their, their defense, and at the same time, because of, of uh, Brian Flores' is, uh connection with the Patriots he's signing guys that used to play for them so that it's very interesting there it's like because what Trishka's been doing in Detroit as well now Tampa Bay they franchise Shaquille Barrett so that means that Winston became a free agent the Colts traded for DeForest Buckner so they're just proving their uh, defense 
Lions signed Vitae to prove their offensive line again. They signed Shelton and Jamie Collins, former Patriots players, because again, that's what he does. Minor Bears moves were, I mean, Bears move from early in the week was they signed Jimmy Graham. It would have been nice to Bears sign Jimmy Graham, like at least Seattle Jimmy Graham. Definitely not Packers Jimmy Graham. Like the Bears, Trey Burton hasn't been that great, so Jimmy Graham could be an improvement, but it's a little too late. Them signing Robert Quinn and cutting Floyd. Putting in one good defensive player for a guy who used to be good, so that obviously makes sense. The Bears' defense was already a strength, so you're just replacing one guy for another. That's fine. And the Raiders signed Marcus Mariota because they could still potentially trade Derek Carr to one of the teams that don't have a quarterback, and Mariota may get a chance to play. And they also signed Eli Apple because their defense, when they traded Kilmack, went downhill, so they need to improve it. And even though they have a good tight end, Darren Weller, they signed Jason Witten, so they just got another pass catcher. The Bills made one of the best moves. Josh Allen got himself an actual, like, deep threat, tall receiver guy in, like, Stephon Diggs. Because most of the players in the Bills were, like, you know, guys who just run, like, slot receivers and, like, tight ends and running backs. They didn't really have the the, the type of players that stretch the field for uh, passing. And now, and then if you're Bill O'Brien, you saw the hole that the Bills gave up for Stephon Diggs, who didn't want to be there. And he's, he's upset there. Houston to replay John Hopkins inside Randall Cobb, okay? The problem is Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, and Randall Cobb. What you really have is a bunch of number twos and threes. So it doesn't really help Tex- the Texans right now. And as I said, the Cowboys resigned Amari Cooper. They signed him to a five-year extension. And because they lost a good player on defense, Robert Quinn, they picked him up with Jerome McCoy. It's like shuffling chairs. We lose a good defensive player, we'll sign another one. So the only real difference is the Cowboys pretty much kept the same team intact. Now the Giants, they signed linebacker Blake Martinez, tight end... You know, Levine Toliolo, they signed some other players. The Giants, anything they could do to improve their team from last year, it's a good thing. They need some help. Breeze is staying in New Orleans, and after the Eagles cut Malcolm Jenkins, the Saints just get themselves another good veteran defense player. He may not be the player he used to be, Malcolm Jenkins, but when healthy, that's a pretty good player, and their defense was pretty good last year. Panthers release Eric Reed. You know, he's good on all those drug tests. That's interesting. And they signed Teddy Bridgewater, and so they're trading Cam Newton. Everybody thought the Panthers may uh, draft a new quarterback. They didn't have a good season last year. But they said, nope, we're signing Teddy Bridgewater. So the Bears go, man, we can't get Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe we can get Derek Carr because they signed Mariota. And Tannehill went to Tennessee. And then the Colts signed Phillip Rivers. So Jacoby Brissett could be on the trade market. And the biggest surprise was the Buccaneers signed Tom Brady. With Tannehill going to Tennessee, the whole weird trading Garoppolo so they can essentially sign Tom Brady was weird. I didn't. The only real options were him going to the Chargers because Philip Rivers is a free agent, or that Vegas rumor where they trade Derek Carr. But San Francisco and Vegas, they would have to do moving pieces. There was only certain teams like if Tannehill didn't go to Tennessee and Brady or went to the Chargers, there would be an opening for certain teams or going to the Bears. Teams that actually have openings or even the Colts that would be interesting. The fact that he went to the Buccaneers, who yes they got big receivers and Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brate, and OJ Howard at tight end. And their running game is something to be desired, and their defense hasn't been good in a while. That's what's surprising there. It really is. Now, their defense is getting better because Shaquille Barrett's been good. But a little, a little surprise. Washington signed linebacker Tom D- Thomas Davis, so that improves their defense. Tight ends added Vic Beasley, that improves their defense as well because he was one of the only few good defensive players on Atlanta last year when they are horrible. And the Chargers signed Chris Harris because they had a disappointing year offensively and defensively, so signing a veteran is a good idea. Now, the Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady will now have two good receivers and two very good tight ends. 
Their defense is improving. They may have to. They I don't know if they're going to draft to fix our offensive line or draft a running back. But yeah, they're slowly getting there. And Bruce Arian, like Tom Brady, in terms of coach and quarterback, they're both not long term. They're going to be there for a couple of years. And even though the Saints are the best team in that division, Atlanta took a big step down last year, and so did the Panthers. So there's a very good chance that Tom Brady makes a playoff as a wild card team because I think the Saints are still going to have the are the most complete team in that division. Now that's what's surprising. Now we're going to make this local. So the Bears got Jimmy Graham for the Bears a little bit too late when they could have used a tight end years ago. They haven't had a good tight end since they traded Greg Olson. They added. Robert Quinn, who's one of the better defensive players in the league. So it's just adding to their defense, but really then a Floyd, so it's a swap. It's really the fact that they traded for Nick Foles. Like, I don't understand why they traded for Nick Foles in the first place. You know, because Nick Foles last year uh, signed this huge deal. And he then he got hurt. And when he came back from his injury, broke a collarbone, he wasn't that great to begin with. So I don't understand... Why the Bears would do that. I know they gave up a fourth round pick. And that's not great. But the Bears had already given up a bunch of first second round picks to get themselves Khalil Mack. And that's why they didn't want to give up more resources to go and trade for Derek Carr. But I'd rather have Derek Carr. But Derek Carr has been a starting quarterback in this league for, for his whole career. While Nick Foles was only a starter when he was in Philadelphia at the beginning. And then migrated around the league and almost decided to quit the game before he went to back to Philadelphia and he was a backup. Now the thing about Derek Hardy won a first round pick, but second round picks is pretty close to the first round. Nick Foles, as I said, only started for a little bit of time and he was injured. And the, the Bears the Bears gave like Trubisky a little bit of extension the other year. So they're still paying Trubisky's money. Not all of it obviously in football is guaranteed, but they're also not going to play Der- uh, Nick Foles. I'd rather the Bears assign Philip Rivers or Jameis Winston, or many are one of the many quarterbacks who are left in the free agent market as a deal. Try to get Derek Carr or Jacoby Brissett or even Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's been a playoff at least three times in his career. Jacoby Brissett, former Patriot, I trust him. When when he was healthy, the Colts were a good team last year. When he wasn't, they weren't. So I don't I don't really like this move. I, I don't think any of the Bears fans are going to like this move. I guess all the local radio shows, and if there's any newspapers or magazines being written right now, I don't think anybody's going to like this move. I don't think Michael Wilbon likes this move. If PTI was on, I don't think Sarah Spain, if she's on around the horn, if they had it on, or highly questionable. I don't think anybody likes this move, nor do I. But yeah, hope hopefully in a month, guys, the commissioners of football, basketball, baseball, and hockey... See where the country's at instead of making these grand declarations of June, July, or August to continue seasons or start seasons. Wait till, wait till March is over. Wait till April's over, and you get into May. And wait till May before you make these decisions. Because as a fan, I don't care if I have to watch all the sporting events on TV. I'm not going in person to football games, which is later in the year. I'm not going to hockey or basketball if the playoffs are going to start. And I do go to baseball games, but I can wait. For another month or two before they're allowed to have people go to the games. Okay? Without sports, there's no sports talk shows. Okay? And without sports talk shows, nobody's going to want to hire somebody trying to get into the field for television, radio, or print. And there's that means there's nothing on TV to watch. If we can't watch live sporting events, then we can't watch recap shows for all the sports. We can't watch late night talk shows. We can't watch half hour sports talk shows or morning radio shows are on, but they're not going to be as good. 
and we want TV because if TV shows to halt production, and then you never know if you're gonna get the rest of like Flash or Riverdale this season or people watching Supernatural's last season. Yeah, that's the thing. Speaking of Supernatural, I don't understand why CW just didn't let it finish its run on Thursday night. Katie Keene could have waited an extra month before the season started. I wasn't dying to watch Roswell New Mexico right away. I'd rather have uh, All-American after one season getting like 20 episodes. You know, I mean, getting 16 episodes. It improves to 18 or 20. Because if you get at least 18, that's a good sign to get renewal. It's obviously renewed, but bang, Black Lightning should have been on the same page as Supergirl, Flash, and what Arrow was. And I think Batwoman was going to get a full 22. And Legends, I don't think they get a full 22 because they start late in the year. But without Arrow, what about next year? So I feel like Black Lightning deserved to at least get 22 episodes. Nobody was rushing for Wasso New Mexico. Nobody was rushing for Katie Keene as well. That sort of thing. CW, you don't have enough hours in the day. By having it Sunday and Friday, it doesn't really help the real issue, which is you need to have three hours of programming. Now, one thing I want to note is I'm very surprised that this year NBC is flopping. Pretty much, if you watch a sporting event and they preview the shows that are going to be on the air, or just say, this is on right now, you watch other shows, you watch, if you're those who watch Dancing the Stars and ABC or The Voice or The Bachelor, all those like shows where you'll watch them, reality TV, they'll show you ads for the shows. Now, NBC this year, I don't really think they had a huge budget on Bluff City Law, and you only got 10 episodes, and I knew from the moment I watched it, yeah, this is going to get canceled, and Sunnyside had a good premise but it didn't really do well that it got removed from the schedule right away and it's on the streaming site not even theirs it's on Hulu it's not even on their own Peacock site and Perfect Harmony was given a limited release but it wasn't like there were millions and millions of ads on the air and Wednesday nights are set on NBC and Monday nights are The Voice or you know America's Got Talent and as I said it was Bluff City Law and then they now have Manifest and I'm not even sure Manifest gets renewed but yeah, they, they advertised a crap ton of Manifest last year, not this year, because it's in season two. Tuesday nights are set with This Is Us and New Amsterdam, and Thursday nights are Law and Order of SVU and Half Hour Sitcom. Friday nights, they've had The Blacklist on this year and Blind Spots ending this year. But the other show that just was on, Lincoln Rhyme, they gave it 10 episodes. And in those 10 episodes, they already figured out who the heck the bone collector was his real name, and they took him down and they arrested him. Sorry to spoil this. As I already told you, the show is not that great. It's going to be canceled. I'm surprised for NBC that they didn't really want to. I don't know. I wasn't sure, you know, why they didn't give, uh, ask for 12, maybe 15 episodes, 10 episodes. Eh, it's like Bluff City Law. I didn't get any additional episodes, but you could censor an episode one. I could see where Lincoln Rhyme could be a multi-year show if they don't solve who the bone collector is in season one or and while they I mean or they have to solve there's a new bad guy they gotta stop who's doing crimes because it could be like every other procedure show where every week they're solving just a new murder mystery or just a new you know crime it could be a kidnapping it could be it could be a terrorist attack it could be different things that they figure out with his with the profiling from her from the main from the main the feigned female from Lincoln Rhyme and his skills and his tech team. And yeah, so I thought maybe, just maybe, you can stretch out the season to about a dozen to 15 episodes to find out who the bone collectors and take them down. Or it'd be an overlotting plot over a couple of years and then you eventually do it. But the fact that they did it in 10 episodes and they finished it and they're going to fight a new person, they're going to have to stop a new person next year. I'm just like, 
I don't really think the show can really go anywhere because the show is called Lincoln Ryan the Hunt for the Bone Collector. If it gets renewed, will season two just be called Lincoln Ryan? It doesn't need to be called Lincoln Ryan the Hunt for the Bone Collector because they're not actually hunting for the Bone Collector because they already took him in. Blah 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 blah. His family's safe. They lost uh, Michael and Pioli's uh, part, new partner. He risked his life to save them from the guy who was in Wisdom of the Crowd as the as the uh, as Jeremy Piven's daughter's boyfriend who went to jail wrongfully, which is why he made this whole social media site, which was a cool show. And he was occasionally on The Resident as one of these people whose you know caregiver was in the hospital. I didn't think he was gonna. I didn't know that guy was gonna get a cop show. And guess what? He got a cop show. It's a very serious role. They were shipping him and the main ca- the main actress together, and of course he's gone. So I don't know what they're gonna do next year. Is Imperial gonna get a new partner, or is she gonna get a promotion and become a detective and be his partner? That's why, from watching the first three episodes and all ten episodes in general, I didn't think the show was gonna be renewed. Now NBC spent all their budget, I said, on Zoe's extra order playlist. So I feel like if Perfect Harmony doesn't get renewed, then they went over three for the, the the fall shows. And the spring shows would be, as I said, Zoe, Lincoln Rhyme, and Indebted. And Indebted is so it's a lousy sitcom that the, if it got renewed just because Willow Grace's ending, Good Places en- uh, ended, and the other two didn't work out, then yeah, maybe. But NBC may have the worst years of broadcasting network. I don't know if there's any statistics that people are keeping on. It's not sports and stuff. That they can do so bad that the reason why I think Zoe should be renewed because it's uplifting and it's different. It's not a boring procedural. It's not a little depressing or a very serious show. It's not a crappy half-hour sitcom. It's you know uplifting. It's nice. There's good, it's a good supporting cast. Like if that show gets renewed, it's going to be because of it being different and being uplifting and good cast. The reason why it'll probably get, it could get canceled is because it doesn't fit the format of medical shows crime-solving shows, depressing family dramas, or very clever comedies like The Good Place Superstore, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know? That sort of thing. Because it's on, because it's on Sunday nights, but the problem is Zoe's, one, uh, Zoe's extra, or, extra Ordinary Playlist debuted Sunday night after the football season. So if it gets renewed, the question would be, would NBC just say, you know what, we like the show so much, it's going to be on Monday nights, all year round for a full 22 episode season after the football season. I mean, after like The Voice and Dancing with This, I mean, uh, and America's Got Talent. Instead of it just being in the spring like Good Girls is on Sunday when the football season's over, because I feel like it shows good enough, it could be out for 22 episodes. It just would be better because it's more uplifting to be on Thursday nights with a half hour sitcom instead of SVU, but that's just me. Wednesday nights are set with the Chicago show. Uh, you know, This Is Us, the new Amsterdam are set on Tuesday night. So really, it only can move to Monday night if you really wanted to because I don't think Manifest is going to renew for a third season and that wasn't full. When it first debuted, it was only on in the fall. And when it came back, it's only on in the spring. So it's not like September through May season. It was on, you know, in September. It ended in the, and then it was done. It started in the fall of the last season. So that's where it, I, I think Zoe would be better maybe being Monday nights all year round like the ABC just said, you know Instead of putting new shows every year like NBC does after their two-hour program, ABC just kept a good doctor there the last three years that maybe Zoe should be there instead or move Larner SVU to Sunday nights instead all year round, even though there's football. Wait, not, they can't do that. Move Larner SVU to Monday nights all year round and move Zoe to Thursday nights. 
or move Zoe to Friday night. Because, we you know, Blindspot and Blacklist, I think they're both ending within the next year or something like that. So, there's going to be a hole on Friday nights as well because I don't think Liquid Ron is being renewed. ABC so far has has got me. I really like Stumptown. I'm, a, I'm on the border of emergence how far they can go. For Life is an interesting based off true stories, so it's okay. And, you know, Monday nights are set with a good doctor. And Tuesday and Wednesday nights are all half-hour sitcoms. And I watch Single Parents, Bless This Nets, and American Housewife. And I'm glad I moved, they moved American House off Friday night so it's on a regular weekday night. You know, and I watch a million little things on Thursday night as well. That in terms of new shows, I haven't tried the Black... I didn't try Blackish spinoff because I don't watch Blackish. But in terms of new ABC shows... Stumptown probably gets renewed, and the two Tuesday night ones, For Life and Emergence, do not. And everything else is said. Monday is set in stone with the Good Doctor, and Tuesday and Wednesday are after still coming. Thursday is, uh, thank God, it's Thursday female empowerment. I know how to way to get away murder is ending, but Grey's Anatomy is going to be on forever. Million Thing is probably going to get renewed. Station 19 is most likely getting renewed, and they could probably show Station 19 all year round. Because there won't be how to get away with murder blocking it. You know, on Thursday nights where, you know, they put it on only in the uh, fall and stuff like that. So that's only on in the fall. I mean, I mean, uh, Station 19 is only spring show, but it may be full time unless ABC wants to debut a new show. But they should just give Grey's Anatomy Station 19 back to back full 22 episode season along with a little thing. Renew Stumptown. It's Tuesday night where they can try out new shows. Or just move the rookie back to middle of the week and then try out new shows on Sunday. But that's just me. CBS, that's a whole can of worms that I want to open up next week because they're pretty much the reboot, spinoff, remake, revival channel. But thanks for listening to On The Radar, episode number 21, Blackjack. To download my podcast, go to Google Podcasts or Spotify Plus. Wherever you get your podcast, check out my Facebook page, On The Radar Entertainment Blog. My articles on Longformer on Blogger, the Google site of articles, you know, you know, blogging under Radar 4428. My YouTube videos are on YouTube, but on the Radar. And I'm, I'm on Twitter at Radar 4428. Due to the library shutting down, I will not be recording my podcast. The library will be able to edit it professionally. So this will be up, this podcast. I will try to get it up online as soon as possible. Thanks for listening to On the Radar. See you next time.